Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. So, you people have to go look at the (laughs) post we put up on our Facebook page just now. My friend sent it to me. Just go look at it. (laughs) Today's Issues Facebook page. It's hilarious. Good morning, Fred Jackson. And true to life. (laughs) Good morning, Chris Woodward. Good morning. Hey, Ray. Ray Pritchard. Hey, what's up, Tim? How you doing? I'm doing great, my friend. I want to talk to you about your trip. Did, but did you see what I just put up there on Facebook? I have not. No. I, Go there I, and look right now. Yeah, right. Yes, sir. <laughs> while, while we're talking, I want to get, re- get your reaction. All right. All right. I'm trying to punch the right buttons on my yeah, phone. Yeah, we'll give you a minute here. Yeah, we'll play yeah, some yeah. elevator music or something. <laughs> um, okay, I'm just starting to look at it right okay. now. <laughs> That's what I thought I'd get out of you. <laughs> Okay, folks, you got to go. Okay, you got to go. go. You, you got to go. go. You got to go. Uh, today's issue, that's the way That's the way to bait people to go. Huh? Mm-hmm. That's, right. <laughs> that's called manipulating people. Uh, it's just got to go look. At, I'll tell people about it later, but you got to go look at it. I don't want to ruin it for people. Right? No, no. They'll get, they'll get a good kick out of it, just like Ray did right there. Yes. Uh, this is Today's Issues. That's the name of this show on American Family Radio. I'm Tim Wildman. Fred Jackson, Chris Woodward, and Ray Pritchard. Dr. Frank Turek will be coming along in just a few minutes. And uh, let's see, Jenna Ellis is going to stop by, too. So uh, a lot of great guests this hour. So how'd your – you and uh, Marlene went to uh, – where, where'd you go? Hungary. We were – all last week for about nine days, we, uh, we were – at Word of Life Bible Institute in Hungary, our first time to that great country, flew into Budapest, which is how they say it. You know, in the U.S. it's Budapest, but mm-hmm. over there it's Budapest, and and taught the Book of Ephesians to the first year students at the Bible Institute over there, and had an amazing time. Students from all over Europe and uh, uh, many parts of many parts of the world were there, so just had a fantastic trip. And uh, love the folks, love the Christians there in Hungary. Uh, just really good people. And by the way, Tim, just as a side note, one day uh, I was I was messing around on Facebook, and there's like a seven hour difference. So it was in the evening over there, and I tuned into uh, today's issues on the Facebook feed over there in Hungary. And by the way, if you want to know what it sounds like, it it it's like next, like you guys are. Next door, really? It's, it's it's amazing how well the internet now brings this around the world. Oh. That's awesome. That's good to know. Uh, let me ask you this: Were most of the students there studying to be pastors, or or or, or what? I, I think it's fair to say all of them are going to go into full time Christian work somewhere. They're going to be teachers. They're going to be pastors. They're going to be missionaries. Uh, I think all of them are going to be serving the Lord. A lot of them have. They have burden for their own people there in Hungary or Eastern Europe. Let's say Slovakia, Poland, Romania. We had students there from Serbia, from Croatia, where there are just tremendous needs for gospel ministry. So they come to Word of Life, get at least one year 
uh, the, the whole idea of the Bible Institute is you give us a year, we'll give you the Bible, which is a, a wonderful idea. Give us one year of your life, we will give you the whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, and then you can go on and uh, you know, further training or whatever you want to do. So, uh, yeah, they've got a lot of them real burden to spread the gospel across across Eastern Europe. Right. Uh, what about the language? Is there a common language that's spoken there at the school? Because yeah, the, the interesting thing to me, because, you know, a Slovakian is one language, Hungarian is another, Romanian is another, Ukrainian is another, Russian is another. So uh, thankfully, in order to be enrolled as a student there, you have to have a working knowledge of the English language. Oh. So uh, all of them are, I guess all the students, there were probably, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud here, For there were probably 15 different languages represented in the student body. Wow. But I taught in English, and because it's in Hungary, Hungarian would be the, you know, be the second language behind English, but all the students there could read English and could understand it. And even with my bit of a Southern drawl, it didn't seem to, it, it didn't seem to be any impediment last week. It's fascinating. Yeah. Well, welcome home. Glad you got Thank home. You. Uh, any COVID restrictions at all? Oh, it's very, very interesting. It, it's very in Europe at this point. It's very much like it is here in the U.S. You might see one out of three hundred people wearing a mask, mm-hmm. maybe. So even a, I mean, we we flew through uh, from Kansas City to Minneapolis to Amsterdam, and then on into Budapest and uh, back through Amsterdam. Uh, no mask restrictions. In fact, the whole COVID issue basically didn't come up at all. I think in Europe at this point, they're about as done with COVID as we yeah. are over here. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Mm-hmm. And glad you had a great uh, time over there teaching the Word of God and uh, back home safely. And, and uh, you know, uh, who knows what, what God knows, what your investment in, in, in that trip will mean mm-hmm. down the road for a lot of the students who were there, Ray, as you uh, taught the taught the Bible. Um, any, by the way, any discussion at all of the Ukrainian war? What is that? Five hundred miles? A thousand miles? How far is that? I, th- I think Kiev is about six hundred miles thereabouts from where the school is located. Now, here's an interesting point: when the war took place, Word of Life has a a fine work going in Ukraine. Marlene and I've been there a couple of times. Well, that school shut down, so they took in. They took in van loads and car loads of Ukrainian refugees from the Word of Life work in Ukraine there uh, at, at Word of Life Hungary. There are two women there that we met. They are, let me see if I can explain this. They are Ukrainians who have a Russian passport, and they're Christians, they're believers. They work with Word of Life Ukraine. They are stuck now in Romania because as Ukrainians with a Russian passport, they can't get back into Ukraine, and because they're Ukrainians, they can't go to Russia. So they are hoping and praying for this awful war to end so they can go home and be with their own people. Mm. Oh. Wow, you talk about stuck in no man's land. That's exactly right. Wow. Mm. All right. Well, you're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Again, Jenna Ellis will be with us at the bottom of the hour. She's our newest host here on American Family Radio, heard in the morning from 7 to 8 o'clock Central Time. Uh, but our good friend, Dr. Frank Turek, uh, joins us now from 
uh, cross-examined ministries, and uh, his home is in the Tar Heel State there in North Carolina. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Hey, Ray, they got a bold leader there in Hungary, don't they? Oh, they do, and uh, Orban is his name. Mm-hmm. Some people call him the Donald Trump of Eastern <laughs> Europe. Let me tell you, he's not afraid of the liberals. He's not afraid of the left-wingers. And the Christians I took to over there, Frank, they love him. They oh, yeah. very much he, love him. He actually might be more like Ron DeSantis because I don't know if he has as much bluster as Trump has, does he? No, no, he does not. He uh-huh. is he is bold but without some of that extra baggage. And right. the Hungarian Christians, uh, they, they are for him 100%. I call it discipline. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. the, you know, uh, I think that you can you can be courageous and you can be bold and you can be outspoken, but you've also got to be disciplined and smart to uh, avoid unnecessary traps in the world of politics and government. All right. So speaking of uh, politic and government, politics and government, we have yesterday we played a clip. From Vice President uh, Biden. Excuse me. <laughs> so, that's all right. Biden. Going back a few years. <laughs> that's what Biden does. Except he calls Harris president, right? That's right. <laughs> uh, except I caught myself. <laughs> but unlike our president. Uh, okay, so we have uh, Vice President Harris, mm-hmm. Kamala. She was in Tallahassee, right? Uh, Set this. I want I want Frank to comment yes. uh, on what she said and didn't say. You want to set this up, Chris? Yes. While tens of thousands of people were in Washington, D.C. in the last few days to celebrate life and talk about the Supreme Court's uh, overturning of Roe versus Wade, Vice President Harris was in Tallahassee, Florida, to talk up Roe v. Wade. Uh, she gave a speech that was meant to coincide with the ruling uh, in favor of uh, abortion there in the 1970s. Uh, and that was problem one. Problem two was Vice President Harris, our vice president, left out God and the right to life during a speech that involved the Declaration of Independence. I have the audio here. It's clip 14. We are here together because we collectively believe and know America is a promise. America is a promise. It is a promise of freedom and liberty. Not for some, but for all. A promise we made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Be clear. These rights were not bestowed upon us. They belong to us as Americans. Where to start? Man, how much time do we have, Tim? I know, Frank. Uh, what, what, what's wrong with... Just well, go ahead, dissect that. Let's quote the uh, Declaration of Independence properly. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men were created equally and endowed by their creator... With certain unalienable rights, among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, notice she said these rights were not bestowed upon us. Yes, they were. They came from the creator. If there's no God, there are no rights. Everything's just a matter of opinion. 
They don't come from government. The document doesn't say we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men were created and endowed by their government with certain unalienable rights. The very purpose of the Declaration of Independence was to overthrow the government that wasn't securing those rights. And, you know, there are sins of omission and sins of commission. Vice President Harris actually did both in this. (laughs) She omitted... The most important right, the right to life, because the right to life is the right to all other rights. If you don't have life, you don't have anything. Mm. You don't have liberty or the pursuit of happiness if you don't have life. And it's it's obviously a sin of, of commission, again, because she knew what she was doing. I mean, it's it's right there. You can read it. Why would you leave that part out? Yeah, and, you know, if, it, if, if the lefties like her, these um, God-haters— mm-hmm want to, I'm talking about the God of the Bible, they can't stand uh, to acknowledge or to mention, let alone obey. Like uh, Harris here, why, you, make, go get your own um, material. Mm-hmm. Don't borrow from the Declaration right. of Independence where you cherry pick uh, what you want to have out of it and leave the rest of it out, just like Frank just laid out. I, I just don't know why she quoted it. I, this had to be something that she uh, came up with with her staff prior to going on the stage, and they probably said, you know, we we don't really want to acknowledge God here, uh, so let's leave God out of the Creator. And we certainly don't want to mention anything about the um, right to life yeah. uh, because that will <laughs> – you know, draw attention to to the fact that mm-hmm. that we're talking about human life here. You know, I so, wonder. I wonder, Tim, if she had any prepared remarks at all. Well, maybe not, because you know how she just spoke, like she just said, "America is a promise." Yeah. And then she's trying to. What do I say next? Let me say it again. America is a promise. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then it's yeah. a promise to all people, not some. She said, "Remember." Yeah. All people. Well. Yeah. She, what about the person in the womb? Yeah, yeah. She, she, she. uh, Maybe, maybe Frank's right. Maybe she just did it on the fly here. But, and you know, and with her record of eloquence, I could see why she would just, you know, right, uh, uh, Fred. Yeah, isn't isn't it the problem here though, Frank, that the whole truth is inconvenient for people like Kamala Harris? Mm. You can't tell the whole truth, no, because the whole truth is 180 degrees to your distortion of historical truth. Yeah, well, Satan comes as an angel of light. He's just going to obscure things and make things sound good without giving you the complete story. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the very first lie ever told. Did God really say? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> let's just leave certain things out so you're deceived. That's what Satan is. He's a liar and a deceiver. And we are fighting against not flesh and blood, but Satan, who apparently uh, somehow is getting people to leave things out that are right in front of them. Yes. I mean, how do you yeah. leave it out? Why don't you just read it? Yeah, unless you're doing it on purpose. Right, yeah. let me ask you that. Why, why do you ask the same question? Ask, I'll ask you the same question I, I sort of asked Frank there. Uh, why do these secular leftists like Kamala Harris, although she may say, I believe in God, but that's that's about the extent of it. Of her, she doesn't. There's no dogma or religious belief system that she subscribes to that I can tell except for far-left politics. But why would you why would you leave out the creator and the right to life in in in, a, in quoting the Declaration of Independence? You know the most interesting part of this is not that she left it out; 
It's that she did it on purpose, and if she and her team met, they did it on purpose because they knew they could get away with it because they knew there wouldn't be any big outcry. I mean, we're calling the nation's attention to it, right? But you don't see this covered in any big way. She left God out because to the left, the far left, the liberal left, God doesn't matter at all. He's a name, he's a concept, he's an idea, but in terms of figuring into actual life, he just doesn't matter. And and that leads me, Frank, I want to ask you this question, because you said a minute ago, without God, there are no rights. And yet, I suppose many Americans would think that our, quote, rights are granted to us by the government. What did you mean when you said, without God, there are no rights? Well, if governments give you your rights, that means governments can take away your rights, which means they aren't rights, they're just preferences. Mm. Whoever happens to be in power will bestow on you these rights, which again, are not rights then, they're just preferences, because the next guy comes in and he says, no, those are gone. (laughs) How can they be rights? Rights are something you have that can't be taken away from you. This is why the Declaration says governments are instituted among men to secure these rights. And the whole point of the Declaration of Independence was that King George was not securing the rights of the colonists. He was violating their rights. And that's why Jefferson and his cohorts list this long reign of abuses, this long list of abuses uh, that the that King George was committing. He was legislating immorally. He was taking the rights away from people that had rights. And so that's why, as we know, but apparently Kamala Harris doesn't know or doesn't want to know, that's why the Declaration of Independence was written to get back to God-given rights and to find a government that would respect those rights, not grant them, but to respect them. By the way, there's a a saying in the Soviet Union, the former Soviet Union, it used to go like this. The future is known. The past is always changing. (laughs) And notice what's going on here. The past is changing. Kamala Harris and other left-wing people think they know the future. We're going to build some kind of utopia here, and the way we're going to do it is to change the past. We're going to get you to think about your history in a different way. Mm -hmm. We're going to try and sever you from... What this country, how this country began, we're going to try and sever your thoughts about our country and your thoughts about your rights to think that you get rights from government, not from God. We're going to try and change all that, and we'll just selectively quote aspects of the Declaration or the Constitution to get you to think something that isn't really true, to change your view of history. Because if you can change people's view of history, you can change the future. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. You know, what you're talking about there, Frank, is what Governor DeSantis in Florida is trying to correct uh, by getting rid of that course that's down there. Because it's he says it's filled with distortions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's right about that. I, I, yeah. I, re- I reviewed the I, not, not the curriculum, but the critique, the critique of it by the governor's office. I read what he was objecting to. Yes. The Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House spokesperson. Uh, and and others on the left are saying the governor DeSantis is uh, rejecting African American history because he's a bigot. Mm. Okay, nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, in the state of Florida, as Governor DeSantis pointed out, it's mandated that African American history and other kind of hi- other history is taught to the children in public schools in Florida. That isn't what he objects to. Mm. He he's pointing out specifically. What he's talking about here, which is like the 1619 Project and the critical race theory, white people are devils. <laughs> and he and he gives chapter and verse there in the critique mm-hmm. of what he's talking about. So it's, a, you know, 
This is this, you know, the White House, Corrine uh, Jean Pierre, going after DeSantis. Of course, she's trying to deflect from from her failure as to cover for Biden because she doesn't have anything to say mm-hmm. uh, about him uh, taking classified documents over the last decade or so. So she just says, "Oh, look at Governor DeSantis. He he, uh, you know, he's uh, restricting um, our African American studies down there." But this is the same White House. They call the Georgia voting law the Jim Crow. Yes. Jim Crow. Jim Eagle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, is what uh, Biden said. Remember that? Black people and people of color are not going to be able to, they're not, they're going to be, their votes are going to be restricted in, in Georgia. Remember that? Yep. Uh, that was a lie because yes. we had record participation. Yes. By, by, uh, by voters in Georgia, including African Americans. So that was a bold face lie. They tried to race bait, mm-hmm. as the Democrats do. Uh, that's the reason they keep hoping these mass shooters are all white males, so they can go after MAGA. You know, they're 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 very they're really disappointed when they when they realize that it's not a white male that's committed a an act of and, and white males will mm-hmm. and have in the past, but they're that they they're waiting for the white males to so uh, that fits in with the narrative. Yeah. So anyway, this whole thing uh, is just uh, uh, trying to divide people, trying to divide Americans by race. And uh, in other ways, that's what they, that's what the Democrats try to do to whip people into a frenzy to, uh, you know, that's why Biden says white supremacy is the number one threat to America, even though everybody in this country knows that's not true. Mm-hmm. If white supremacy, I told my wife last night, if white supremacy were the number one threat to our country, a 60 plus percent of Americans are white. Am I, am I right? Mm-hmm. You would have total collapse of the country. If white supremacy were yes. the number one problem in America, mm-hmm. uh, he but that's just Biden and the Democrats trying to say, hey, uh, you know, trying to scare people unnecessarily mm-hmm. and, and uh, falsely, and it fits into the. That's what one of the things Governor DeSantis is fighting down there with that curriculum in the state of Florida. Anyway, listen, Frank, what do you got coming up this weekend, my friend, on your show? Oh, we're going to have something exciting. I don't know what yet. We're probably going to answer some viewer questions because we get a lot of those. And it's on uh, 9 a.m. on the American Family Radio Network Central Time on Saturday. And then I think Sunday at 4 Central, yep. if I'm not mistaken. You got, you got it right. What's your yeah. website? Crossexamined.org. Crossexamined.org. By the way, you just mentioned, what's the lady's name who is the uh, the press secretary? Karine Jean-Pierre. Karine. Yeah. What? Okay. She's a, she's a box checker. She's a box checker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's lesbian. Well, that's why woman. she's qualified, see? She's of color, so she's got three check, check That's boxes. why she's qualified. That's why she's there. <laughs> she's going to be back on your television today at but 12 you also, Central. You also have to be able to say the words I refer you to. <laughs> that's, right. that's very important in the job description. Of, but did you uh, see, you know, last week when we had that big problem, or a couple weeks ago we had that big problem with the airlines all shutting down. The Babylon Bee had a headline. You know who the, the head of the transportation department is, right? Yeah. Yes. Pete Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. Their headline yeah. was, Buttigieg defends job performance by reminding everyone he's gay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, beyond, so beyond criticism. That's right. Anyway. All right, Frank, thanks so much. <laughs> all right. Great being Appreciate with you guys. it. All right. It's life, liberty, in the pursuit of happiness. There you go. liberty in the pursuit of happiness. Everyone remember that. Life, liberty, in the pursuit of happiness. There you go. All right, that's Dr. Frank Turek. We will uh, take a time out right here. And Jenna Ellis will be along in just a few minutes. Uh, I'm Tim. 
with Fred, Chris, and Ray. And we shall return momentarily. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA believes that all men and women, whether in private or public, should be free to exercise their faith without hindrance from the government. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. We live in a day when America's families are under attack like never before. Buddy Smith, Senior Vice President of the American Family Association. The war against biblical principles rages on numerous fronts. The Internet, Hollywood, Washington, D.C., America's corporate boardrooms, and the list goes on. At American Family Association, we're committed to standing against the enemies of God, the enemies of your family. And we recognize it's an impossible task without God's favor and your partnership. Thank you for being faithful to pray for this ministry, to give financially, and to respond to our calls for activism. What you do on the home front is crucial to what we do on the battlefront. We praise God for your faithfulness. And may He give us many victories in the battles ahead as we work together to restore our nation's biblical foundations. Americans, I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Much-anticipated revival of Looney Tunes cartoons has blown up like a crate of Acme Dynamite. The new series debuted on HBO Max, but not before undergoing a 21st century cultural cleansing. It seems Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam have been disarmed. The executive producer telling the New York Times Elmer will no longer carry his oversized hunting rifle and Sam won't have his giant pistols. It's not clear if the decision is based on recent school shootings. But that's not to say there won't be any cartoon-style violence. Looney Tunes says there's plenty of episodes where characters get blown up with dynamite and Wile E. Coyote gets flattened with an Acme anvil. But guns? No longer allowed. You know, it sounds to me like somebody dropped a giant Acme anvil on the programmers at HBO. They're really singing a loony tune here, folks. Suffer and succotash. I'm Todd Stearns. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Matthew 19, 14. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the program Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Tim, Fred, Chris, and Ray. If you want to host this show with us, you got to have just one syllable name. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, important for us here. Me and Corinne Jean-Pierre could not. Kate, no, not she's be- not going to get a job here. Okay. <laughs> but that's just, but, but that particular uh, reason is the least of. Okay. Uh, she goes by, does she go by KJ? Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre? Is it C? A C? C or K? K. K. Okay. All right. Uh, listen, um, what was I going to say? Oh, okay. So that that funny that uh, we posted on our Facebook page, Brent, which I'm not going to tell people because I don't want to ruin it for folks who want to go there and check it out. But you uh, at our Today's Issues Facebook page, it's rare that we do this, uh, but I posted a, a funny there. You said that thing is a it's, lot of people. Yes, sir. It's been shared 64 times in we 30 minutes. 30 minutes? Yes, sir. And what, how many likes and all that stuff? Like 170. Okay. Well, anyway, you can go there. You're going to laugh, folks. You're going to laugh out loud when you go there and look at that funny. Uh, I don't know. What do, you, what do you call it? A meme? Is that what you call it? You call it a meme? Is that what it yeah, is? It's a meme. Okay. Ray laughed out loud when he went I over did. <laughs> Today's Issues Facebook page. Just it's check newsworthy, it out. too. Yes, it fits right in with what we're going to talk about with Jenna Ellis uh, today. Jenna is our uh, newest talk show host, heard each morning from 7 to 8 o'clock Central Time on American Family Radio with Jenna Ellis in the morning on AFR. And Jenna Jenna is a constitutional uh, attorney. Uh, She served uh, in the uh, Trump administration, and uh, she's also taught uh, the Constitution at a Bible college, I think. Uh, Good morning, Jenna. Good morning. Good morning. And, uh, you know, I, I was just going on the Today's Issues uh, Facebook page, and that yeah. is a great meme. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, love it. But but you actually got Corinne Jean-Pierre's name wrong. I think officially she goes by Diversity Hire Karen. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been told. <laughs> That's funny. Diversity hire yeah. Karen. That's from the top rope. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. And that's the truth. Uh, yes. yes. Um, my, my good friend Jesse Kelly uh, came up with that one, so I have to give him credit for that. She, uh, uh, she is, uh, of course, she took over for uh, Jen Saki, who, uh, is she still over at MSNBC? Where did she go? She went uh, into the whole of liberal media that no one should ever listen to or care about. Right. So I think that is the, uh, and it's not MSNBC, it's MSDNC. Oh, <laughs> is, is what President Trump calls it, which I think is correct. So, true, true. So yeah, I think I think she's still over there. True. Uh, okay, so Jenna, let me ask you about the uh, situation with the uh, with the uh, documents, the classified documents that. Uh, it's all been in the news for the last uh, 10 days or so, ever since the November discovery was announced in January, right, by the transparent <laughs> by the transparent uh, uh, the White House. Let me ask you this um, uh, about that. Um, I think you and I may share the same um, idea on this. And, and folks, uh, just hear us out here before you, you know, Call us conspiracy nuts. 
and, and when we get through, if you still call us conspiracy nuts, I really, really don't care because uh, I think we're going to be right, proven right on this one. That's nicer than what a lot of the leftists call me, so I'm good with that. Okay, conspiracy <laughs> nut. Okay, yep. so we're good. Uh, t- uh, all right, Jenna. Here's what I think, and I can't prove it, but we we can't prove it a lot right now because we're referred to the <clears throat> White House Counsel's Office, mm-hmm. or we're referred to the Department of Justice. We're re- anybody help me. Yes. That's what Corrine Jean-Pierre is doing every day. She's asking for a lifeline. All right, so uh, I think uh, that uh, Joe Biden's being sabotaged from within. I think that the Democrat Party wants him out, doesn't want him to run in 2024. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do about Harris. Uh, that's another problem. But uh, uh, the way this has all transpired, it just looks like to me that it's an inside job. Republicans aren't going to the offices looking for, you know, in his house, rummaging through his garage, looking for old classified documents. I mean, this is his own people, it appears to me, doing it to him. Uh, what do you think about that? Right. And, and you know, I think that we're conspiracy theorists in the sense that give us about six months and this will be proven right yet again. Um, so you're just getting the news six months ahead of time. Um, and I completely agree with you, Tim, because the timing of this is incredibly suspicious. And the fact that we found out about it right after the midterms. So, right. uh, of course, unlike normal October surprises, they kept this one. And now that we are heading into the pre-game season for the 2024 election, it's no surprise that they're trying to take out Biden. He has said that he's going to uh, announce his re-election campaign even as, as early as next month. And so now this has put kind of a halt on that. And it's not going away. More and more documents uh, have been found. And even his ardent advocates in the mainstream media are starting to seriously question this and are starting to step away, which tells us that they have gotten the talking points. So I think that what is likely to happen is that they're attempting to take down Biden's ability to run for re-election in 2024, they may end up ousting him through uh, resignation, and then they would get their next diversity hire, Karen, which is Kamala Harris, to just be a placeholder in the office of president and then uh, through the constitutional process. Uh, nominate mm. the vice president, which is who they actually want to run in 2024. Okay, who's pulling? Who's pulling Pinocchio's strings? Dan. Well, you know, I think that that's, of course, um, Obama and and the Clintons. I mean, if you look at who the next chief of staff is, because, of course, Ron Klain uh, just announced last week, and we have all these people in, in the so-called Biden administration that are jumping ship. Uh, Ron Klain is now leaving, and he was the, the top official. But now you have the former um, COVID czar that's coming in. And uh, he was a former Obama official uh, and in the Obama administration. And so you still have the deck that is stacked with Obama officials that truly it looks like are calling the shots. Is Susan is Susan uh, Rice still in there somewhere? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, she's still, as, as far as we know. She she's an Obama loyalist. I mean. Resignation, yes. Uh, so this is interesting. That, that, that would explain the, the Obama and Clintons uh, that, and the. That's very. That's the most powerful element, probably, of the Democrat Party, in terms of uh, connections and money and power and influence. Still today, uh, Chris, did you want to ask something of Jenna about this? Or yeah, I was curious. Uh, some people are 
are saying, you know, they're trying to get rid of Joe, uh, and then Kamala's going to be kind of the bridge quarterback until they get to uh, 2024. Newsom looks like he's just chomping at the bit to run, but then you hear all the rumors. Um, he that said he isn't. He said he isn't running against Biden. A lot of people say they're not running, and then until they are. they're running. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, some, I have no current plans. Get, well, right, you know, right. I don't have current plans to go to the grocery store, but I'm gonna go. <laughs> yeah, at some point. So. At some point. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, and then then you have the rumors out there that you know people are going to kind of push uh, Michelle Obama to be, to run, mm. and that to me seems like something I could see some Democrats in favor of because she doesn't have any record per se political wise. Shoot that one down for you, Chris. <laughs> well, let me, let me ask the question. No, you make your point. Okay. Make your point. She doesn't have a record like Newsom, where uh, a, a candidate could say she'll do to this what she did to this, and therefore she's going to ruin people don't vo- vote for her or whatever. Do you think – how much stock do you put in the they're going to put Michelle as a candidate out there? I think that that's, that's a, a potential likelihood. Um, more likely would be someone like Newsom. Um, you know, I, I don't see any real incentive other than raw power for Michelle Obama to want to run. Um, and if the, if the Obamas truly are controlling things behind the scenes, they don't necessarily need her. They just need someone that they can control. And the record issue of Gavin Newsom, I mean, he's been a horrible governor. Um, I think that they intended to put Andrew Cuomo in there, but then, of course, had to uh, Cuomo him through the pretense of, um, you know, the Me Too movement when really it was about not responding to the nursing home fiasco. Uh, but we've learned, especially through the 2022 midterms, that candidate quality on the left just doesn't matter. When you have someone like John Fetterman out of Pennsylvania who was actually elected while he can't even uh, speak coherently and has so many difficulties from his stroke that wins in pretty much a landslide uh, compared to Dr. Oz, then it tells you the Democrats aren't concerned about Newsom's record. They're not concerned about their candidates speaking coherently. I mean, look at Biden. They're only concerned about manipulating election administration and continuing to make sure that they can just put in whoever they select that's controlled by their party. So whether or not it's Newsom or Michelle Obama or anyone else, it's just someone who is a cog in the big Democrat machine because they have also told us that their candidates are entirely fungible. And if you are no longer valuable to the Democrat Party, like Joe Biden is not valuable, they'll take you out. And it just doesn't matter. Shoot me down. Do what now? I said you uh, well, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I, I listen. I, I, I've made wrong predictions in my life uh, three, three different times in fifty-nine years. Uh, so I can be wrong. The star, I, the, I too it, thought it, MSU it, baseball it, was going to win yes, back in twenty. Okay, <laughs> if the stars align, yeah. no. Uh, I did say I would eat my hat if, uh, what if Warnock won the first time around. Uh, over in Georgia, and, mm. and I didn't eat my hat. It was a metaphor. But a lot of people wanted me to do it live on the on the, on, the, on here on Facebook Live. Uh, I just listen. I've mentioned this before. I don't think Michelle Obama will be the candidate for the left uh, for the Democrats because uh, she's enjoying the good life right now. She got home. She just built a home in Hawaii. She's got a home right by the ocean at Martha's mm-hmm. Vineyard, I think, where it's going to flood in about three or four years, according to Al Gore. Rising sea levels. And went, rising sea levels is going to cause that property value to go underwater. Uh, then you got, uh, she's, you know, vacationing, you know, in, in the Mediterranean with uh, George Clooney. I mean, 
what do you want the headache of the White House uh, to run, to run and to do policy and uh, all that? With Biden, it, the baseball metaphor, uh, the baseball metaphor, Jenna, and then and Ray, I'd like you to comment after Jenna. Uh, to me, is you got a a guy on the mound who's in baseball is like forty one years old. He's like Tom Brady. He's on the mound. He's being shelled. I mean, he's just being knocked all around the park, right? And the <laughs> manager goes out there to try to take him out, and he's and he's basically saying, "I can still do, I can still do it, coach." And the coach looks down at the bullpen to see who he can bring in, and you got Harris down there, mm. you know, uh, throwing uh, about four, fifty-five miles an hour. You know, so that the, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's a bad. Politically, it's, underhanded too. Yeah. Softball. Now, now that that yeah. that that does not uh, factor in the things you mentioned about uh, 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 election man, uh, manipulation and things of that nature. But I'm just saying, just the politics of it. The Democrats don't have a good starting pitcher, Jenna, and they don't have anybody warming up in the bullpen that's any better. Right, and and I think what's particularly apt about your analogy is that the manager in this scenario is really calling the shots rather than the fans in the park that should right. be electing the person who's on the mound, right? And so that's really, if, if the, the DNC is truly managing their team, they are looking at that, but they're also seeing that they're losing the game and they're losing uh, the ability to manipulate voters moving forward. And so even if they only have, you know, Harris, who is worse than, you know, Goldie Hawn in that movie back in the day about, you know, women pitchers and all that, she's she is so bad. But but again, candidate quality doesn't matter. And if they can put her in and then raise up a VP that then they can say, you know, okay, there's executive federal level experience and, you know, here's somebody and, and maybe they even put in somebody in the VP position that's like a uh, you know, 2008 Barack Obama, who kind of came from the Senate, wasn't super, super well-known, but then just shot up in political capital right away. I mean, yeah. this is how long-term they think of their strategy, even though we would say, you know, Kamala d- d- can't throw a ball worth anything. She's just a placeholder, and I don't think that that's going to stop them at all. You switch from baseball to metaphor with your, uh, I-, I noticed that, for, to football with your metaphor you went from <laughs> p- relief pitcher to placeholder which is placeholders of football now just so good for you sports woman <laughs> right there go go ahead uh, uh ray you, did you have a, comp- a question for jenna or? actually i do i was listening to what jenna just said i'm thinking about we've got this uh this slow drip 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 and we all expect about these documents we expect right. they're going to find more it's going to get worse and it's not going to get better Assuming, I mean, just given everything that we've just talked about, does the president not know what's going on? He, after all, is the president. Maybe better ask the question, Jenna, this way. Do the people around him, does his wife not know? Do these other people not know that his own people are turning against him? How in the world are they going to force him out of office before the – what what's the pathway to get Joe Biden to step down between now and the convention in 24? And what if he says, no, I ain't doing it. Right. 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 Well, we, we know that Jill Biden is his handler and she's directing him and, you know, also the Easter Bunny, apparently, at the Agro. Yes. So, you know, maybe the Easter Bunny just needs to walk bunny into game. the Oval Office and say, hey, sorry, Joe, you're done. You the know bunny may I mean? have so, documents. Right. And, and, and so, 
you know, so so they'll they'll make it apparent in in, in the you know the backroom kind of dealing and things. And if he is looking at um, potentially a DOJ indictment or something of that nature, that they can force a resignation. I mean, that's that's not um, particularly out of the question. But you know, but the interesting thing with his uh, lack of mental competency, and we all see that. Um, whether or not he's being obstinate and he's just not willing to go along with that, it may take somebody like his wife, who, who, by the way, I cannot understand what she could possibly be thinking as a spouse of someone who allows her husband to be paraded on the national stage looking like an utter fool. She is clearly valuing whatever she is getting from mm. this situation beyond, you know, being the first lady. Okay, fine. But she is clearly not valuing uh, the respect and credibility of her husband over the political office, which I think is utterly shameful. But um, but likely, you know, they would go through somebody like her or they would just make it um, very apparent uh, to Biden that he has to step down. And I'm sure that they can manipulate that in a lot of different ways that we could theorize. You know, almost any other job in America, if you had a, somebody in the situation Biden is in where he is on the cognitive decline, obviously he, he just not, he's not there all the time. He doesn't know where he is a lot of the time. He doesn't know who he's talking to. He slurs his words. He doesn't uh, think clearly. We can all see that right in front of us. It's, you know, and by the way, it's going to happen to everybody if you live longer enough, Whoa. most everybody. Uh, so that's not uncommon to see that in people 80 plus. <clears throat> and, and you just go, uh, if he were a, a CEO of a company or if he were a pastor of a church or if he were, a, you know, a police chief or whatever, uh, any kind of position like that where you have to be able to process information and think fast and move and and so forth, things like that. Uh, he would he would step down, and his wife would tell him, "Honey, you gotta. Yeah, it's time to go. It's time to us to you know go watch the kids play t ball and go fishing or something. But you can't keep up this pace. But yet here we are. Uh, maybe she will. Maybe she'll tell him that before uh, the next go around. But uh, also, no Ray, knowing people that have had uh, that have. The personality traits and the mental decline that we've seen with Biden, sometimes those people, I'm talking about people with dementia, okay, uh, sometimes those people uh, bow up, you know, or they get, they get, um, they, they, don't, they don't listen to people. They just say, no, I'm not doing it. It's like, it's like the poet said, do not go quietly into that good night. Joe Biden is not going to go quietly. Right. He just not. He thinks he's doing a good job, and everybody loves him. Uh-huh. I mean, what it, what I get from him, you know. So, all right. Well, listen, right. Jenna. Uh, thanks for being on. What do you got coming up in the morning? Do you know yet? Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, we have some, uh, you know, re- really great guests this week, and we've had, of course, Congressman uh, Bob Good uh, yesterday, and then uh, Ken Paxton this morning on uh, on some of the Texas lawsuits and you know some of the uh, Facebook issues with free speech. And tomorrow morning, we're going to have uh, Congressman Perry on, uh, who was, of course, one of the uh, one of the six that stood firm. And so we're going to be asking him what's going on in Congress. And I've, I've been really appreciative of all of uh, our friends on Capitol Hill who are doing such really good work in this new majority. Mm-hmm. So kind of want to keep our thumb on that pulse and uh, make sure that we know how they're fighting for religious freedom and for all of our 
uh, issues and all of our rights that are constitutionally protected. Okay. Well, listen, thanks for being on with Jenna, uh, with us, Jenna. We'll talk, we'll uh, look forward to, look forward to tomorrow's show. Okay. Thanks so much, Tim. Thanks okay. guys. Have a great time. <clears throat> all right. You know, I, I think if the docs documents don't get Biden, uh, the hearings that the Republicans are going to have in the house, uh, the Hunter Biden stuff has come out in dribs and drabs, right? It is going to explode. The Hunter Biden laptop, we, we get bits and pieces. You mean, you want to, let's just say it out loud here. How much money did the Biden family make when he, when he was vice president of dealings around the world? Basically, that's what you're looking at, right? And primarily China. Right. China and Ukraine. Right, right. That's what's going to be explored. Yes. And you're saying that might be, that might bring him down. Uh, that, as far as being a candidate. Two yeah, years because ago. it's been held back. Because right. Democrats well, were Nancy in control. Well, Pelosi protecting him. Yes. Uh, mainstream media protecting <clears throat> yes. him. Yes. But once those hearings start, right. and we have been we won't told. won't be able to ignore it. Can't ignore it anymore. You're going to have testimony from the guy who got the laptop from Hunter to fix something. Mm-hmm. Hunter Biden well, leaves it there, and, and there's well, you got all so these, much. Yeah, and you know, you got all these meetings between uh, Hunter Biden's business associates going to the White House. Yes. When Biden was vice president, and those are on uh, visitor logs. Yes. And and this is a man who says, I never, I never, I never talked to Hunter about his business dealings. Mm-hmm. And so we know that's not true. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, he's got, he's got the multiple uh, problems to deal with right now, and he's not in the best shape physically or mentally to even mm-hmm. deal with it. So yep. we'll see what happens, but... Uh, uh, I, I don't know what you do with Biden. I don't know what you do with Harris either. Ray, you, <clears throat> you gonna, Democrats going to kick a a woman of color out of the out of the her right to be president if Biden doesn't run? No, <laughs> she's got to. They got to give her a chance, right? But they know America is not going to vote for Kamala Harris. I'd give be. her a lot of money. Yeah, that's good. Just I just, just give her a lot of money. I'd say, yeah. listen, you'll be. You'll be super rich if you won't run, okay? And you don't have to worry about being president, and we'll we'll make you independently wealthy. I mean, they can do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's I mean that's a reverse buying up somebody off. But I mean, I don't I don't think there's probably nothing. <clears throat> excuse me. There's nothing illegal about that, right? Paying somebody not to <laughs> right not to run for president. Oh, they make a ton of money on uh, books. And yeah. uh, speeches and stuff after they leave. I think office. she would do worse than him, uh, uh, as far as a, a national election. Uh, all right, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Next story, Chris. Well, I want to mention this uh, because it it, it almost it sounds like Is it a, on a, your heart, Chris. Well, it almost sounds like a Babylon <laughs> B article. We live in an era now where things that sound satirical are actually. News. Okay. Uh, Microsoft, which makes the Xbox video game console, uh, has announced that uh, the Xbox consoles uh, are going to have a, a default setting on there that's going to regulate the amount of power that that console is using. And Microsoft is doing this in the name of protecting the cli- the climate. Uh, Microsoft is one of those left-wing companies that believes man's use of fossil fuels is destroying everything and we're going to have to fix it. And one of the ways they're doing it is to change how much electricity. But does that matter to the user? 
Well, it does because uh, apparently when you turn it on, uh, it's going to be slow to boot. Um, it's going to be slow to come on. There are going to be points during the game, perhaps, or games, uh, where it's it's not going to function as well as a user would like. Uh, and many people are making fun of Microsoft over this, including Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz. Uh, he joked on Twitter, uh, you know, first they came for their gas stoves and I said nothing. Now they're coming for my Xbox. That kind of thing. This is... Uh... <laughs> is, this, is this whole gas stove thing? Is that got any legs to it? I don't think so. It it, and I I only say that because the guy uh, that runs the uh, Consumer Product Safety Commission said we're not coming after gas stoves, but the story had already taken off. Basically, what they said they were looking at doing was banning the uh, sale of gas stoves going forward. Nowhere did they say we're coming into your home and taking your gas stove. But by the time they got around to actually trying to clarify, people had already posted the whole, you know, come and take it uh, memes uh, with gas stoves and stuff like that on social media. But, you know, people have pointed out, okay, so you stop selling gas stoves. You're going to force people to uh, go to electricity. But the experts say who are in the field, if you draw more and more electricity, our grid right now cannot take the extra pull. So people are going to move away from heating their homes, cooking their food with with gas. Mm -hmm. They're going to move to electricity. The grid cannot take it. We just, we're not there. We don't have an infrastructure to do this kind of thing. And so can you imagine people are forced to buy an electric range or whatever the case may be. Right. And then all of a sudden there are blackouts all over communities. Which happens a lot in California as well as Texas. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, we're going to take a short time out right here. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. For your multiple contributions to the show this hour. Do it. Uh, all right, Ray and Fred and yours truly, we shall return with Steve Paisley Jordan, uh, who will be coming up. I didn't even notice this morning. I just say Paisley because Steve, four out of five times, Steve's got some kind of Paisley going on. <clears throat> Well, I guess we'll find out in a few minutes. You're listening to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. We'll be back in five minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.